Hey, Steve, how's it going? Hey, doing well. Good, good. Well, welcome to the People versus Happiness. Steve, you and I had talked about having uh, some conversations. You definitely have one of the most unique points of view on happiness and being very structured about the way that you approach your happiness uh, to the point where, you know, I, I'll let you speak about this a little bit more. But from my point of view, it's always seemed like uh, making sure that you have time to do the things that you enjoy and bringing happiness into your daily routine is almost the most important thing to you. It seems like working and everything else is just a means to making sure that you have satisfaction and fulfillment through happiness and doing things that you like. Uh, but I'm going to kick it over to you. If you would, just kind of go ahead and introduce yourself if you want to talk a little bit about how we know each other, how long we've known each other. Sure thing, yeah. So I'm Steve Kadam. I'm a relationship manager at Wells Fargo. So a lot of what I do is around investments and retirement planning, things of that nature. Uh, David and I met each other back when I was at Teller at uh, Wells Fargo about 10 years ago. Hmm. And uh, he was a banker. And and yeah, I just, I really always looked up to, you were really good with people. I don't know. I was still a little rough around the edges back then. And I really learned a lot from kind of like pairing with you and figuring out what was interesting to people. And, and that kind of, that kind of backs into what we were talking about is uh, just pursuing happiness and trying to find happiness wherever I am. And you're absolutely right. You know, work has always been just kind of a means to an end for me. But uh, while I'm there, I don't want to be bored. I don't want to be miserable. And so I wanted to get better at what I did. And so instead of being bored at work and just doing something I hated, I paired up with someone that I felt was good at what they were doing and I wanted to learn more. And so that's, you know, that's just the, beginning of our friendship and you're right like i just i don't know it's that's why we get up in the mornings we want to be happy when we find things that we're passionate about and i think that we owe it to ourselves to invest in our own happiness because how are other people going to make any use of us if we're not happy with where we're at hmm. yeah first off i get it is it's crazy that i've known you for 10 years now that time has just absolutely passed very very quickly but yeah in the in the time that i've known you you know while we have not lived in the same location uh recently for me for years and years even if long periods of time have gone without us speaking to one another i still feel like as soon as we get back on the phone with one another you know we're just right back to where we were that's something i really appreciate about your friendship but in those conversations we've really talked about your approach and how you are meticulous with your time and and even to the point where, you know, if I wanted to, if I called you up and said, hey, Steve, I'd like to do something with you this weekend and you, you already have plans and you know there's something you want to do, you have a way of saying, uh, you know, no, um, I, I'm doing this other thing. You know, there's we could do something at this other time. And you do it in a way that's caring. It's not unkind. I think a lot of people maybe would just be like, oh, yeah, maybe or or whatever. But you're much more direct and you do it in a way that has never made me feel like you're just blowing me off. It's just you're you're very protective of your time, which when I talk to you about what we can kind of start having a series of conversations about, you know, obviously there are some things I do want to talk to you about gaming and some other things and how that's important in your life. And then we may touch on this on that a little bit in this conversation as well, but you really kind of came up with the topic of rebranding selfishness. 
and that's kind of where I want to start. So talk to me a little bit about what your daily approach and your weekly approach is to making sure that you have a schedule that's going to meet your needs. Sure. So I'll back up a little bit to what you were saying about about, you know, me being respectful when I talk about rescheduling, but it's it's close to what's going on, but it misses the target. I am all about pragmatism. You know, what's going to make sense? And that's where we want to be at. So as, as opposed to having you call me wanting to set up plans and me saying, oh, David, David, I care about you as a friend. I respect you. We've known each other for this long. I'm going to ask you to make the sacrifice. It's not a conversation like that. It's, oh, well, that doesn't work. Let's find out something that does. It's it's as though the situation is not even occurring. And that's what I try and do at work. Uh, when people come to me and they've got banking problems, they really don't. They didn't come to the bank because they want to like talk to some dude. They talk. They came to the bank because they have a problem, and I try to be the solution to that problem, and only to the solution to that problem. I build rapport, right, and I have a conversation. But ultimately, that's not that's not why they're there. And I feel like friendships are the same way. When you talked about if we're if we're gone for two years, and then we pick up right where we left off, absolutely. I see no reason to complicate our relationship with, oh, well, now let's – well, how do people generally interact after it's been some time and let's, let's go through the, the cycle? I'm not interested in that. And if I have friends that are interested in that piece, um, we just lose touch. That's just how it happens. There's no big dramatic blowout. It's just – if it doesn't make sense for us to be together, then we shouldn't. Mm. I mean, that, yeah. it's, it's there's nothing emotional about that piece. And it's been tough to get people comfortable with that, especially people that I have to work with who maybe don't choose to be my friend. But I find if you work hard on the front end to set the expectation that, hey, I'm a really busy person, you know, feel free to invite me to things. But it's it's very rare that I'm going to show up just because, you know, I'm busy is all you really need to say. So I, I just believe in pragmatism a lot. And I feel like if we both understood the situation entirely, then we would both agree. And, but that's the problem is that you don't always see eye to eye with people. Um, right. And I think that it's foolish to try and put in the work to try and get eye to eye with people. So let's go back to what I wanted to talk about <laughs> in the start. But pragmatism really does speak to what I'm talking about. So when when I hear someone say that they're being selfish or someone is being selfish, what they're actually saying is this person is being self-destructive or this person is being short-sighted or this person is uh, being nasty. My issue that I have with that is that I don't think any of those things are self-serving. You know, they may be self-serving today, but even if you look as far as tomorrow, they're not. And I get that subtlety is tough because growing up, I had a real hard time understanding why people did the way that the things that they did and, you know, how soft power and all that works about how just like, you know, you build up enough goodwill and enough history of doing well by others and they'll do well by you. I just didn't get that. So I get that. No, people don't have that mastered, but being nasty to people, not only does it get you in the habit of being nasty, but you get nasty to yourself. Like when you think about stuff, you'll, you'll be rough on yourself and it's, that's just not helpful. And also if you're nasty to someone, especially in customer service, for example, the chance they're going to stick their neck out and do something kind of outside of the bounds to help you is extremely low because those are the people who are going to ask to see a manager and who are going to rat you out. <laughs> Second, short sightedness. And people, when I say that, they think I'm talking, well, 
of course, this is going to be best for me 10 years down the road. But, you know, I, I want to live for today or this week. And I'm saying, you know, give it till Friday. If this is something, if you're doing something that's going to benefit you through Friday, okay, you know, then I think that that's fair. But like being really self-centered about how you're managing things, it doesn't work. Now, that said, I totally believe in being self-centered. <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> put yourself first 100% in a very professional way, but you have to be, you have to be very transparent about that with people, you know? Mm-hmm. When I'm at work and I've got, you know, my tellers that I work with and the other bankers that are at a different tier of me and I've got my manager, I make it very clear to them that my first priority is I want to make sure that I'm able to, you know, achieve my goals. And I do that for two reasons. A, when I do something that falls in line with me being selfish, they're like, oh, yeah, no, he he set clear expectations about that. And B, you know, they're going to be incredibly suspicious if I walk up and say, hey, my goal here is to get you paid or to help you out or all I want to do is help you. Right. You're just like, well, that's weird. And third, I think I told you there were going to be two, but there are three. Third, I need to invest in myself to be valuable. And in my role, the way that I am valuable and successful is by partnering with those people and helping them succeed. So we'll back into the benefit for them. But, you know, you've all met someone and the, nice guy TM is, is, is a lot of what we run into where, you know, they'll, they'll offer, Hey, can I load the dishwasher? Or, hey, can I take out the trash? Or, Hey, can I do this for you? And then you'll say, no, that's okay. You know, that's, and they're like, okay, well, don't forget that I offered. <laughs> and it, it's splitting the difference between it's not actually finding a way to truly add value. It's about getting credit. Right. And those separate things. Right. Anyway, so I, I, I feel like if we are all, like honest about how selfish we are and we get that transparency out there, we can cut a lot of the garbage. Yeah. Well, I think even, even in, in thinking about doing this episode with you and having this conversation with you again, which we've had in, in several different forms, at least maybe not this structured, but I was talking to someone at work and they were asking me what some of the upcoming topics were going to be for the podcast. And I mentioned you and what I, the way that I kind of told them about it was that, you have this completely unique view on your time and your self-value and setting yourself aside from what other people might want to impose on you, or, or at least I don't, I don't want to say impose on you, but um, the way that oh, they want the right you, and the way they want your time, <laughs> right? The way they way they way they want to spend your time for you almost in some ways. And I told them, I said, you know, the, the topic's going to be rebranding selfishness. And they started asking questions. And the more that I was answering about, which, again, you know, I I don't want to speak for you, but the way that I was was telling them about my perception of of how you handle this, I kept finding myself having to say, but but trust me, if you if you knew Steve and you saw the way that he actually did it, it's not it doesn't come across as selfish. It comes across as just incredibly caring and incredibly careful. And that's one of the things that I actually really appreciate about you. And it was hard for me to to put it into words without somebody actually seeing it in action. And I think you did a good job of explaining kind of the professional side of your point of view there. Talk to me a little bit more about how that then feeds into the personal side, um, how you spend your free time, because I think that's really where you you really spend a lot of your focus and is the most important thing to you. 
So um, absolutely. And it's going to be tricky for me to describe this in a way that relates to people. I can just I just know how it affects me. So I'll briefly go through my schedule. Obviously, I'm at work Monday through Friday, five days a week. And there's nothing really I can do about that. I get home from work, have a nap, have a snack, and then I take a nap for about an hour because I found my night is garbage if I don't rest. I just it's it's not high quality time. Wake up, take a shower, and Monday through Thursday, these days what I'm doing is I'm playing World of Warcraft. And what I get out of that right now is a social connection without obligation. Uh, I get something that's lower energy. Uh, you know, I, it's not like a, a fast-paced action game necessarily. It's uh, a way to make progress within. That's what I like about role-playing games is that even though I log in, play for a few hours, and maybe just do some low-energy things, I'm progressing. And here's the thing. I know that I value that. I don't particularly know why I do, but that's not important. One of the things I learned when I was like eight, maybe 10, was that it's fine that I'm passionate about video games. It's absolutely okay that this is something that's important to me and values me, but it's also equally okay that other people don't care at all. Anyway, transitioning. So that's that's my week. I do that because it's a good balance. Uh, It allows me to kind of uh, cool down from my work days and, uh, and and that's that. But as soon as Friday hits, it's no longer the work week. So when I get home, I still do the same thing and take a nap because I've still been at work for like nine hours or 10 hours or what feels like 15 hours. Um, take a nap. Uh, and then I, I just try and make really good use of that time. I find that it's I want to be a little bit more interactive than I do during the week. But not too much more because I don't have any more energy. It's just that I know that I can stay up later. So lately I've taken to online gaming with friends. And again, one of the things I like about that is that the second I'm tired or the second I'm just not feeling it, hey guys, I'm headed out and they, they know me and they know how I interact. So it's not a surprise at all. There's no cost to doing that. It's just, all right, one of us is going to bed. See you later. And then I get yep. to sleep. Yep. Uh, Saturday morning is uh is a good time because i get to start my day with coffee and i don't have to go to work usually get up about 10 and the nice thing about saturday is that that's the day that steven ganung saturday steve has to do the cleaning around the house so i batch all of my cleaning for the whole house so that during the week if something like if i leave a dish somewhere or if anything happens uh, i just say you know what that's not my problem that's Saturday morning Steve's problem. And Saturday morning Steve is fine with it because he's high on caffeine and doesn't have to work. So I just go get everything done in about an hour. And once I've started working on the house, I've already got that momentum. So I knock it out and then eventually find myself just kind of pacing around the house. And I'm just like, well, I guess I'm done. As opposed to having just just a surprise obligation like 10 times every day during the week. It's, it's just miserable. And uh, and I've taken to diving into virtual reality as a way to kind of get some exercise without having to leave the house because the opportunity cost of staying inside is pretty high. Mm. And then I got some friends that come over and we hang out Saturday night. It's a social thing. We get to play games together that maybe we wouldn't have enjoyed on our own. And uh, it's just an old friend. He works at Epic Games and we've been playing games together for a really long time. And, and yeah, that's that's kind of my opportunity to dive into kind of single player or local multiplayer gaming, because honestly, I don't I just don't make time for that in my life. And I think that it's important that I use those words make time because I think it's it's kind of turning yourself into a victim if you say that I don't have time. I absolutely have time, but I choose to spend it elsewhere. 
Right. And I think it's very empowering to, to, to treat it that way. Uh, and so it's nice because in my friend's words, uh, people like their friends more than they like the games that they're playing. And so that's kind of the, the glue that holds the experience together. Uh, we're playing Dragon Warrior 3, which is an old Nintendo game made in, I don't know, 1988 or something. I'm sure someone will fact check me on that. But it's a <laughs> Nintendo game. And we've been playing through the series for the last couple of months, you know, four hours or so a night. And the only reason we're enjoying it is because it's something that we're doing together. Mm-hmm. Uh, last bit for you, and then we can kind of dissect it, is Sunday. Uh, Sunday morning, I get up and I had the worst time managing my Sundays. It's terrible. I would always go to bed at Sunday night being like, I have been dreading going to work all day. (laughs) This is a a disaster. So I think I have it figured out. So I don't play games on Sunday. It's too engaging. It's, it gets me too wrapped up. It uses my time too much. Uh, I don't, I don't know a really good way to explain it, but I'll always kind of be hungry for more time and I need to stay like chillaxed. So I get up, get my coffee. Usually I just hang out with my girlfriend. Just do really like go on walks or just hang out until like five o'clock. Just really just not. I don't want to get engaged in anything. I just want to be able to just relax. And from five on, that's the time I've got blocked out for shows. So lately I've been getting back into watching anime because I'm a huge weeb. Um, but I also bookmark that time for if there's a Netflix show that I've been meaning to watch or maybe a movie that has come out um, that I can that I can watch here at home. And what I find is that I just don't make time throughout the week for this passive entertainment. But Sunday night before work, you know, I can watch like three hours of shows and then I'll feel that dread of like, oh, God, I got to work tomorrow. But I'm like, wait, I still have like four hours left to watch shows. And I find it's a perfect way to segue back into the week and start it over again. Do you think that it's so it's so controlled in that? I'm going to watch four one hour episodes. So it's segmented and that's what you like about it. Or is it the actual passiveness of it? Is it that you say like, Hey, I've got this block of four hours and I know specifically there's four hours where I don't have to really worry about going to work the next day. I can wait until those four hours are done and then it's bedtime. And, and then I can think about it. Is it, is it that it's segmented and controlled and you can literally see a timer kicking down. And as you go from episode to episode, or is it the passive piece of it? So, well, one thing I'll tell you is this is something that my girlfriend's influence has really helped me out with is that, you know, five years ago, I, I had a different schedule, but I, I was way more regimented. For example, my my scheduled Sunday night would be, OK, I'm only going to watch anime and I'm only going to be watching the series because that's what I got bookmarked and I'll do it for, you know, six hours. And I would do that. And sometimes it will work out, but sometimes I would left be left feeling like it wasn't a great use of time and I wouldn't really know why. But my girlfriend taught me that for her, that kind of regimented scheduling is extremely constrictive and it's extremely limiting for her and really stressful. So she's gotten me to to be a little bit looser with it and say, okay, five o'clock on, I've got bookmarked for that. But when I sit down, I have to take a breath and say, okay. What kind of experience do I feel like right now? Because I can't plan for how I'm going to feel. So maybe right now I want something lighthearted and comedic. So I'll watch something Rick and Morty or something like that. But then when the episode ends, I got to tell myself, well, do I still feel like pursuing this or should I pursue, you know, maybe I want to watch a horror movie. Like maybe I'm in a movie mood. Um, So to answer your question, it's just when I the passivity is a big part of it. 
And the second part is I've got so much time allotted to that, that, that thing that again, I don't feel guilty during the week because I'm not watching these shows that I want because I've got that all bookmarked for Sunday, but it's foolish. I'm like, well, I could be worried that it's work tomorrow, but I literally have five hours to watch shows and forget about it and not worry about it. And for some reason, again, I couldn't really tell you exactly why, but it makes me happy. And the second that I become used to this and it doesn't make me happy, I'll just have to adjust. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is interesting because I, I knew a lot about what your current schedule was like that you just went through, but I, I was unaware of how you've been spending Sundays. And I also was unaware that you had had that problem with Sundays in the past, but it is definitely one thing that I appreciate about the way that you approach your schedule is that you you understand that that's what's working for you now, or at least it's working as best as you have discovered, but you will change pieces of it as you need to, and you will really stop and ask yourself, is this working? Is this making me happy? Is this achieving the goals that I'm, I'm trying to achieve? And that's, I think the, the Saturday cleaning thing, again, you're, you're segmenting something that is not a happy experience, but that needs to be done and putting that all into a time where you can manage it a lot easier. It's, it's very thoughtful, man. I, it's just, I've always been impressed. I'm, I'm not good at that. I have obviously a schedule and, and one week of mine looks similar to the next, but um, I could definitely still learn from you and, and try to do a little bit better with some of these things. Well, I find that we, we really need to be better salesmen to ourselves. And that's, that's part of the thing that I, why I believe so much in rebranding selfishness is because we don't sell the benefit to ourselves about why we should do things. We say, okay, we should clean on Saturday morning because it needs to get done. And that's authoritative and that's fear based coaching. But what we really should say is, you know, when in my schedule can I find a time where I wouldn't mind doing it? And turns out, it's right after I've gotten high on caffeine. Yeah. That's the yep. only thing that can get me excited about going to work the next day. And mind you, I don't mind my job. There are lots of parts of my job that I enjoy, but it's not sitting at home doing exactly what I want to do. So at night, when I'm worried about work the next day, I remind myself, hey, I get to drink coffee. And again, it's not about justifying or validating. That's something that from an emotional standpoint, I care about and I like. And mm -hmm. so just with the cleaning, I'm, I'm doing it and I'm liking it because mm -hmm. I'm, I am doing something that I initially don't want to do. But since I batch it all into that one hour, um, once I get started and it's that's also my time to listen to music, by the way, I don't make any other time during the week to listen to music. So that's my time to listen. So I am kind of accomplishing a couple things at once. So, so that's that. But, but that's, that's that salesmanship, that, that idea that we have to be Mother Teresa about what we want to do is, is, is just so self-destructive because we really do need to do what we want to do. And we have to find a way to do it that we'd like. Cause if it's not consistent, it's just worthless to me. It's not useful at all. And back to what I was talking about at work, cause this is an issue that I find that a lot of people have about when you meet people, strangers, a lot of times that's very stressful for a lot of people, talking to people, working through problems with people, maybe people you don't like. And so they kind of a lot of people feel the selfish thing is to just participate as little as possible with those interactions. Hmm. But it is selfish to invest in people just a little bit, not not more than you're willing to give. Just, you know, be friendly, 
if they if they do something that kind of rubs you the wrong way, just ignore it. Just bypass it completely and offer up kindness because you're doing two things. You're reminding yourself that the way that you treat people and yourself is that you should be kind. And that doesn't mean that you become super empathetic and you want to get involved in their lives and you want to solve their problems. You want to feel their pain. It just means you want to give kindness when you can afford it. I guess the, the moral of the story is my mom told me when I was very young that you get 10 times of the kindness you give out into the world uh, back to you. Hmm. And I was eight, so I didn't have enough experience to know whether that was true or not. So I was like, okay, we'll see. But the key thing to know about that is you won't necessarily get it from the people you give it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can give kind to people and they'll be terrible to you. And that's kind of their business. That's kind of not, it's kind of not your business because the people you care about will see you being patient and Again, being pragmatic, you're not going to dwell with these people. You're just going to move on, but you're going to just give them the kindness that you would like and just move right on. Yes, that's that. I think you said that incredibly well. I do believe that that is a big part of my philosophy as well and the way that I treat people and interact with people in the world, especially those that aren't necessarily kind back to you. So. I, I think that that's actually a really good place to stop. I think you, you've summarized things very well right there. I do just want to mention that the music thing while cleaning, that is absolutely one thing that I've been doing. I'll listen to music or I'll listen to uh, audiobooks or podcasts or something that makes me happy because that is the easiest time to do it um, instead of just you know sitting in your car or sitting in your room or something doing nothing to get something else productive accomplished while entertaining yourself absolutely i think that's that's really smart as well so i've been trying to do that too but all right well there are there are several things that you have mentioned that have sparked other ideas and i know i want to have other conversations with you Um, i would like to talk to you about uh, logic and emotion and when to separate those and when to go a little heavier on the emotional side which also you know as much as respectful as i can be would like to if you're willing talk a little bit about your approach to relationships and also you're going through a long distance one right now. So I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Having gone through that experience over the last couple of years myself, I've got some insight there too. So I think that's a good topic for us. And and, and gaming and some other things, even anime and stuff that I would definitely want to I want to pick your brain about. So I think this is a great first conversation. I am very respectful of your time. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this and uh, hopefully having a, a few more good ones after it, if you're willing. Well, so long as it's convenient for me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's the entire point. <laughs> but cool, man. all right, Steve. Well, thank you very much, man. It was great talking to you as always. And we will catch up soon. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, buddy. And until then, man, hey, keep doing what makes you happy. All right. Later. Bye. be thinking about one thing but then oh there's this variable okay let's address that variable and then oh that that raises two other variables let's address that